AI, not top 50. Isaiah Thomas, number 47. Paul Gasol, 46. Manu Ginobili, 37. Dolph Shays, Bob Pettit at 30 and 31. They've got Reggie ahead of Ray Allen. David Robinson, the 12th greatest player of all time, all due respect to the Admiral, no. That's just wrong. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of The Cypher. This episode, we're going to take a look at Bleacher Report's top 50 NBA players all time. Whoever did this list, they seem to know how to look at numbers, analyze numbers, maybe even manipulate numbers, but they don't know anything about players. They don't know anything about game. More importantly, while looking at the numbers, they don't look at accomplishments and deeds that are actually done when the money's on the line. Whoever did this list, they've got issues. Bleacher Report's top 50 all-time is criminal. It is the worst. Let's start with something obvious. Allen Iverson is not a member of their top 50 all-time list. How about this? Patrick Ewing is number 38, but Manu Ginobili's number 37? Or worse, Isaiah Thomas, the great Isaiah Thomas, the two-time champion, finals MVP, He's number 47. How is Manu Ginobili ahead of Isaiah Thomas? How is Paul Gasol, who, by the way, great player, definitely a top 100 player. Paul Gasol is not one of the top 50 players of all time. Manu Ginobili is not a top 50 player. Dolph Shays, Bob Pettit, no and no. Reggie Miller, clutch, but one of the 50 best? I don't think so. This list is horrible, and you can tell this was geek done. David Robinson, not that he's number 12 is wrong, it's who he's ahead of. That's saying David Robinson is better than Kobe Bryant, better than Kevin Durant, better than Hakeem Olajuwon, better than Charles Barkley, better than Karl Malone. No, no, no. David Robinson, all-time great player, one of the greatest centers of all time. He is a top 50 player. He is not number 12. There's no denying that David Robinson is one of the top 50 greatest players of all time. I don't think anybody would question that or that he's one of the greatest centers of all time. I watched the game where he scored 71 points to win the scoring title on the last game of the season Versus Shaq. His MVP year. He was great. He deserved that MVP. But like every other MVP. That is a regular season honor. And what we ultimately judge great players on. Is what they do in the playoffs. On what they do in the NBA finals. Should they make it to a finals. So James Harden has won an MVP. But he melted down in the playoffs. I've seen great players melt down in the playoffs. Russ didn't play great in the playoffs his MVP year. It's happened before. And I'm only saying that because if you're a numbers guy, a player's regular season numbers can amaze you, can make you think, well, his numbers make him as good as this player. And in reality, 
when you really look at their accomplishments, they're not really the same. Reggie Miller's a great player, clutch shooter. He's a five-time All-Star with no rings. Ray Allen's a 10-time All-Star with two rings and one of the greatest shots in NBA Finals history to help win a Finals. There's a separation there. As great as Robinson is, what Elijah One was able to do with not a star-studded team is more impressive. Remember, on his way to winning the championship, he went through Robinson. He went through Shaq. He went through Patrick Ewing. That's the mark of greatness, all-time greatness. David Robinson led the NBA in blocks. Great defensive player. He was an eight-time All-NBA defender. Elijah Wan was a nine-time All-NBA defender, and he led the NBA in blocks three times. Robinson was a 10-time All-Star. Elijah Wan a 12-time All-Star. There's a separation. The truth of the matter is, I would rank Robinson closer to Patrick Ewing. And I know that he has rings. But if we're being fair and we're supposed to be fair, rings don't tell the whole story. David Robinson has three rings, but he got those rings at the end of his career as a sidekick to Tim Duncan. Patrick Ewing never played with an all-star caliber player. But, he was able to take a team to the finals as their best player. And that's something David Robinson didn't accomplish. I'm a big David Robinson fan. I think ranking him 12th is just way too high. That's just too high for him. You're saying David Robinson is a greater player than Kobe Bryant. I'm not even sure if you match them up that David Robinson is a superior player to a prime Moses Malone who was ranked below him. I think David Robinson, like I said, you could put him and Ewing and Mourning closer together. I think there's a clear separation from those three when you're talking about Shaq and, of course, Elijah Wan. They're of a higher level. They're greater players. They're more gifted players. In Shaq's case, let's just say more impactful. Nobody will ever argue his dominance. Nobody will ever question what he did when the Lakers three-peated. I watched Manu Ginobili for years, and you might make the case he might be one of the greatest, if not the greatest six-man of all time, but he was never the Spurs' best player. He was never the number one or number two option. He went to two all-star teams. Isaiah Thomas went to 12. He made all-NBA five times. Two-time champion. He is a finals MVP. There's a separation in the fact that Isaiah Thomas is number 47. He's actually behind Manny Ginobili and not barely behind him, but 10 places behind him. Well, again, I'm a fan of Ginobili's. He's not one of the 50 greatest players of all time. Pal Gasol is not one of the 50 greatest players of all time. I think it's debatable if Reggie Miller is as well. I really do. We're talking about the 50 greatest of all time. I don't think Reggie's career was better than James Worthy's career. And while I'm not the biggest fan of Dominique Wilkins, you can make a case for his greatness. If It's not about just rings. If we can acknowledge, acknowledge how great Barkley, how great Malone, Ewing, how great John Stockton was, 
even though they didn't win titles, then you can acknowledge a guy like James Worthy, who even though he was the third option in the Lakers, three-time champion, seven-time All-Star, finals MVP. I would say that his resume, what he's built up, what he's accomplished, is as good or better than Manu Ginobili's. I don't have a problem with people having different lists because we all do. And that's the fun of being fans. If you take 200 NBA fans, I mean hardcore NBA fans, and ask them to all come up with a top 50 list all time, I think most of us out of that 200 would come up with different varying lists. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But at the very top, when you're talking about the best of the best, I think we would come to some type of agreement. Even if we don't agree on the order, you're going to have Jordan, Braun, Kareem, Magic, Bird, Shaq, Duncan. In my opinion, you're going to have those guys in your top seven. Now, you can debate the order, but I have no problem with them being in your top seven. Then you have names like Russell and Chamberlain, iconic, great players from that long lost era. Talking about the 50s, the 60s. And at some time, their their greatness does get lost. And it's hard to quantify because you look at the game that's being played now, the rules that have changed the game and the way it's played, it's completely different. Which is why I think you have to put those greats, those iconic players, along with Oscar Robertson, John Havlicek, Clyde Frazier, and others into a separate category. Not to be forgotten, their greatness, they're the building blocks of the NBA. They are iconic. But I think there is a cutoff, and probably it would be right, if I was going to use one player to, 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 to call the cutoff, when you're talking about modern day and all-time greats, it would be Doc. Doc would just still be part of the modern day, right? Doc came into the NBA, he's in the 80s, and in his very prime Doc was the best player in the league for two or three years. People forget that a lot of his prime was played in the ABA. But my point is, I think Doc would be the cutoff. And you could use Doc, and he's he's deserving of being a top 50 player. He's not just iconic, but he's deserving of being ranked in the top 50. I look at players like... Chris Paul, who is a great player, who's a Hall of Fame player. Chris Paul is ranked 27th on this list. Or I'm sorry, he's ranked 28th. James Harden is ranked 27th. As great as Chris Paul is, I wouldn't rank him ahead of Isaiah Thomas all time. Now, if you look at their, their accomplishments, what they're known for, They're very similar. Chris Paul is the better defender. No question. But Isaiah Thomas actually was a good defender. Don't get caught up in just numbers. Get caught up in actions. Get caught up in signature moments when it mattered most. Isaiah Thomas could have horrible shooting games, but still hit the biggest shot of the game when the money was on the line. That's what he was about. That's what he did. People forget he wasn't just the leader of the bad boy Pistons. He was their best player. 
Chris Paul is a great player, but he's yet to elevate a team to an NBA championship. And he's on the other side of his prime now, even though I still think he can help a team win in a lesser role. I wouldn't have Chris Paul ahead of Isaiah Thomas. It's it's insane that Isaiah Thomas is ranked 47th to begin with. But then you've got Chris Paul at 28. You got John Stockton at 29. Great point guard. Old school, hard-nosed point guard. Very efficient player. Great floor leader. Good defender. Great shooter when needed. But he wasn't a better basketball player than Isaiah Thomas. If you want to say he was more efficient, I'll even grant you that. There's no questioning. But he wasn't a better player. He wasn't more clutch than Isaiah. And he wasn't the best player in his team. He was the floor general. But that team, the dominant player on those Jazz teams, that was Carl Malone. I don't understand the separation. Isaiah's 47th, Chris Paul's 28th, and John Stockton's 29th. If if you're going to have them in the top 50, if you were going to show Isaiah Thomas the respect that he's due, then he would be somewhere ahead of Chris Paul and John Stockton. I actually would have Isaiah Thomas ahead of a few people, even above them. As great as David Robinson is, he'd have to be a lot further down than 12. You have to acknowledge the accomplishments of somebody like Dirk. Dirk is an all-time great. I think Dirk at 17, I have no problem with that. I really do. I think that's pretty much where I would have him ranked, somewhere around between 17 and 20. I'm fine with that. Same with KG. But to have Steph ranked 10th seems premature. Great player. And we've talked about the greatness of his range, his shooting, how he, not he alone, but I would say that he he was the guy that led the way to where the game has opened up even more. But here's the thing. Steph is a two-time MVP. He is the only unanimous MVP in the history of basketball. And that's an honor that he'll always have. He'll be the first unanimous MVP. That'll go down on his resume, his career resume. The problem I have with with, with things of that nature is he won the MVP twice in a row, but he's never been the best player in basketball. The best player in basketball, both of those seasons that he won the MVP, that was still LeBron James. And I'm only pointing that out because the same applied back in the day. When Carl Malone won two MVPs, the best player in basketball was still Michael Jordan. When Charles Barkley won his MVP, the bald guy, the other one, Michael Jordan, was still the best player in basketball. And if you're a numbers guy, which clearly the the people that put together this list, it's numbers first, or at least I would say the analytical numbers. They're really big on analytics. And I think analytics has a place. But they didn't look at the other numbers, maybe just the plain raw numbers, the championships, the finals MVP, being the best player on a title winning team. Not just regular season numbers, because in regular season numbers, James Harden 
has an incredible body of work when you look at his regular season numbers. And they're impressive, and they're an analytics dream. But then there's the postseason. There's the other side of your career. And are you better? Do you elevate? Do you elevate your teammates? Or do you fold or you become a lesser version of yourself when the stakes are high and the pressure rises? Michael Jordan, the three-point shot wasn't a big part of his arsenal. And when he started shooting it, he took two a game maybe. And he only shot around 32% for his career. But here's the thing. In the NBA Finals, his NBA Finals career, Michael Jordan shot 36% from three. That's elevating yourself. That's when the money's on the line. Who are you? And I feel that way when you look at a Magic Johnson. When the money's on the line, who are you? You're competing against all-time greats. Magic Johnson lost to a Larry Bird. He lost to Isaiah Thomas. He lost to Moses Malone. He lost to Michael Jordan in the finals. But he also responded. He beat Larry Bird. He beat Isaiah Thomas. All-time greats are going to beat other all-time greats. So when we get into that conversation, when we get into that top 10 mode, once we've exhausted the raw numbers, then we have to look at what they did in the playoffs, what they did in the finals, who they played with, who they played against, and how they came up big or small in those moments. As great as Steph is, and I'm a Steph fan, Please believe me, I'm a Steph fan, but I can't prematurely anoint him the 10th best player of all time. And at the same time, I'm looking at this insane list. You're telling me the separation between Steph at number 10 versus Isaiah Thomas at number 47 is that great? I don't see it. I don't see it. Tell me Steph is a better shooter because he is the greatest shooter, but he's not a better facilitator. Steph is a great player, but the truth of the matter is the current version of point guards, they're not point guards. They're, they're combo guards at best. And Steph is a combo guard. He's a guy that's going to give you around seven assists a game. Same for Damian Lillard, Kyrie around six, Kimba around five or six. That's the current version of most point guards. Look, Jamal Murray, Gifted, talented guy. He doesn't even average five assists a game. Now, I'm hoping he elevates that this coming season. But most of these guys are shoot first. They don't facilitate. They finish plays. So it's a different kind of point guard. Isaiah Thomas for his career, 19 points, nine assists, two steals. Clutch. D. Wade being ranked 21st over Scottie Pippen at 25 seems to have been a big topic of discussion the last couple of days. I will say this. I actually think Andrew got this one right. Scottie Pippen, I believe, ultimately, when you think of all the great defenders, perimeter defenders, is the greatest perimeter defender of all time. He is the greater defender. And obviously, he had more team success winning six titles. He also played with the greatest player of all time, which is why he won six titles. 
Dwayne Wade is a three-time champion. He's a finals MVP. Scottie Pippen is a seven-time All-Star. Three-time All-NBA first team, two-time All-NBA second team. He made the third team twice as well. Ten-time All-NBA defense. D. Wade is a 13-time All-Star. Two-time All-NBA first, six-time All-NBA second and third. He's also three-time All-NBA second team defense. So Wade wasn't a one-trick pony. I think we get lost, people forget. Wade is the all-time leader in block shots amongst guards. He was a great rim protector. He was great at coming from the weak side and challenging you, meeting you at the rim. Pippen, greater defender. Wade, greater player. To me, it's just that simple. All lists are different, and it seems like I'm chopping this one up, but I'm chopping it up just because aside from the top seven, it's pretty bad. But I'd like to see your top 50 all-time list. I'm going to put out mine, and then we can compare. I want to remind you that there's a name that's not on here. 11-time All-Star, two-time All-Star Game MVP, three-time All-NBA First Team, three-time All-NBA Second Team. He was the NBA Rookie of the Year in 97, four-time scoring champion, three-time steals champion, led a team to the NBA Finals. Career, 26 points, four rebounds, six assists. The answer, Allen Iverson, is not on this list at all. So yes, this list is flawed. Allen Iverson, I think, pound for pound, when you talk about little guards, Isaiah Thomas is that dude. But I think the answer is that dude on steroids. He's next level. Yes, he doesn't have rings. But if you really know the game, and we've talked about this a thousand times, there are going to be some all-time great players who just don't have the team success that other all-time great players have. Isaiah Thomas, great, great leader. He had great team success with the Bad Boy Pistons. AI was one of the greatest individual talents that I've ever seen in NBA history. And if you're talking top 50 and he's not part of it, then you're having the wrong conversation. Before I end this episode, let's agree that all of these players are great players and deserve recognition for what they achieved in their careers. That's real talk. We just disagree, at least I disagree, with the Bleacher Report top 50 of all time in terms of the rankings and the placement of some players. I think that some players have been prematurely elevated to a status they haven't quite earned yet. And at the same time, I think some all-time greats have been disrespected or disregarded, like Patrick Ewing, like Isaiah Thomas. How about the fact that Allen Iverson didn't even make the list? What about other players? Like Chauncey Billups, Carmelo Anthony, Vince Carter, current players, Anthony Davis, Jimmy Buckets. What about Chris Posh? A lot of these guys are, aren't top 50, but a lot of them are top 100. And maybe when it's all said and done, a guy like Anthony Davis, he might be top 50. 
I'm all for agreeing to disagree. And I think that it's it's fun, again, to have different views when we talk about all-time greats. But I think the levels do matter. So you can be great. You can be an all-time great. And then there's that even smaller group that we call Rushmore players. Till next time, it's the Cypher. I'll be back with H. We'll do a reaction and response next time.